All right, let's do this. Y'all ready? All right. Yes, sir. All right, all right, all right, lead heads. We are back with another episode of the Talking Lead Podcast. This is going to be probably one of my favorite episodes that I've done so far this year in a long time, even even last year that I can think of. We're going to be talking about the lever action gun, and we've got a panel of experts here that uh, are going to join in the conversation. But before we get into that, make sure you go and listen to our last episode, which was the Talking Lead AK Corner, and we had a great episode last episode. It was season four, episode four. And if you didn't get a chance, make sure you go back and check it out. So we talked about Kalash Bash, and uh, we had Dissident Arms on. So with the yeah, uh, that wasn't me. The competition season on the horizon uh, with all the three guns and all that. Of course, the the up and coming AK um, enthusiast events are are kicking off too. And Kalash Bash, of course, most of those are in October. Uh, now's the time to start planning for that because that sells out really quick. So we had the um, creators of Clash Bash. We had Clay Owens on. We had uh, Mike Whiteside, Lan Wynn, um, and they talked about how they started Clash Bash. And, of course, Dissident Arms with Lan and Mike talking about all the modernization and uh, cool things that they have been doing to the AKs, uh, the AK-12s and the AK-47s of recent. Uh, and then also joining us on that episode, we had Neil Vermillion, who is a uh, 16-year Army vet, and he is a huge AK aficionado, and he just had a custom bullpup AK made. So we talked about his, his bullpup AK that he had made. The real fun episode. So if you did get a chance, make sure you go back and listen to that because uh, we are giving away a primary arms red dot. It's like a $350 red dot that we're giving away from uh, primary arms. And you have to listen to that episode to find out how you get entered to win that, that red dot. And I'll give you a hint because... For some reason, you guys are missing it. It's at the very end. You got to listen to the entire podcast. So, uh, if you get done listening and our music stops and there's still like two minutes left, there's more info there. Hint, hint. So, go listen to that and learn what you have to do to enter to win that awesome primary arms red dot. I don't, I don't understand it why people won't listen to an entire episode because there's always hidden stuff in my, in my podcast, Pete. You, you know that. Oh yeah, <laughs> yep. We're we're always sneaking stuff in. We're being sneaky, so. Uh, but we have fun. Mm-hmm. We have fun with our listeners. So that voice that you hear is none other than Pete Pie with the uh, awesome manufacturer of ammo that you guys uh, are finding so hard to get these days. It's like this past Easter, you know. It's like finding Easter eggs. Uh, Heck yeah! Got to find that that golden Easter egg. Defiant Munitions. Uh, Pete is a regular on the show now. We can call you a regular because this is like your fourth or fifth time on. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling like I'm at home. Yeah. So we did like two episodes ago. the The beginning of that show, we were talking about uh, with Ken uh, Ken Allen, bullets versus architecture. 
And when in yep. the beginning of that episode, you had mentioned this awesome lever action rifle company that you've been working with, Mad Pig. And, uh, you know, I pulled up some pictures there. And for you, you guys that watched the video, had some of the the pictures up there. And I just, I fell in love. And I was like, we've got to do a show about this. So right then and there, yeah. <laughs> you got in touch with the owner of Mad Pig over there, uh, Steve. And, and you set it up and you made it happen. And Steve is joining us today. So, Steve, welcome in. Uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate you taking the time to be on, and um, we're going to learn a lot today. And then as you and I were talking, you were like, hey, it would be great if we could get uh, Midwest Industries on and talk about the rail, because they're the ones that make this rail on this uh, lever action that I have uh, been making. And you got in touch with Troy at Midwest Industries, and Troy is also joining us today. So, Troy, welcome in. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. And I got to admit, I've been crushing on Midwest Industries products for, for years now, and I've always wanted to get, get you guys on the show. So, uh, selfishly, um, you know, I, I had ulterior motives of getting you on with, with us on this episode, so it just turned out to work out perfect. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me. Hopefully, it won't be my last time on here. Well, I don't think so. Um, we we got to get you on the AK corner because you guys are doing a lot of uh, uh, parts and accessories for the AK-47s, too. Yeah. yeah, we got some big stuff coming up for that. Okay, yeah. So, we'll definitely have to talk about that and get you on an episode of the AK corner. Hey, Leadheads. White Settle with Seal One. Just here to talk to you and tell you a little bit about our product. Seal One CLP Plus is a bio-based, non-toxic product. It comes in a paste, liquid, aerosol, and pre-saturated bore-specific patches called Seal Skins. They all do the same thing, just different methods of application. The best way to use our product is to start with a clean firearm. And there's two reasons why I say that. First, you start with the Seal One CLP Plus by field stripping your firearm and covering the entire firearm inside and out, bore, barrel, everything with the seal one clp plus you'll see how easy it spreads around you'll want to wait about 15 to 20 minutes then you come back and you want to wipe it all off so you see how easy it is to put on and remove and the second reason we say to use a clean firearm is you'll find that it's not clean we're going to pull out more carbon that's been left behind with whatever product you've been using before okay it takes about three cleanings so i like to say a clean shoot clean shoot, clean shoot, just normal usage before the Seal One CLP Plus has removed whatever product that you were using before and has seasoned the firearm. It's kind of like breaking in a cast iron skillet. And after that first cleaning, you will notice a difference. And with each successive cleaning, you will find that it gets easier and easier to clean. Seal One CLP Plus is a dry lubricant and is designed to work as such you will find that malfunctions are virtually eliminated when used properly because the majority of all malfunctions are caused to carbon buildup. And with the Seal One CLP Plus, the carbon does not build up. Seal One CLP Plus is safe on all metals, plastics, composites, polymers, rubber, wood, and leather. Seal One CLP Plus is a one and done formulation. No other products are required or needed to clean and lubricate and protect your firearm. That's why we say seal one and done. 
Suwon is a proud sponsor of the Talking Lead Podcast and the Leadhead Brigade. Use the code LEADHEAD for a 25% off discount. So guys, we're going to be talking about the the iconic lever action rifle today. And I thought, you know, we could start off maybe with the history and how it, how it kind of got started. And the lever action has been around for a long, long, long time. And I'm going to go, just to uh, make this brief and quick, I'm going to go to Wikipedia. I know a lot of people don't like Wikipedia, but Wikipedia has a lot of good good information. Um, some of it's been proved, some of it hasn't been proved. But uh, this is probably like the most condensed kind of history that I could find about the lever action. So what is the lever action? It's a type of action for repeating firearms that uses a manually operated cocking handle. So anybody who's watched a Western, uh, there's typically a lever action rifle in those. It's located around the trigger guard area. Uh, It pivots forward to move the bolt via inertial linkages, which will, I got to put my glasses on, feed and extract cartridges into and out of the chamber and cock the fire firing pin mechanism. So it does this all with that one stroke of that lever. And this contrasts to other types of repeating actions, such as the bolt action, which we all know how bolt action works. We know how pump action works. And then, of course, the modern-day semi-automatic. Um, so that's kind of how, in a nutshell, and we'll, we'll get into more detail with these guys talking about it. Uh, on how the actual internals and everything work. Um, So the history, in 1826, a lever-action revolver, so this was a a pistol revolver, capable of firing six shots in less than six seconds, was produced in Italy by Cesar Rogaglio and patented in 1829. So what's the math on that? How many almost... 200 years ago, we're looking at here, that the lever action has been around. So the first lever action rifle on the market were likely the Colt's first and second model ring lever rifles, both cap and ball rifles, uh, produced by Patent Arms Manufacturer. Between 1837 and 1841, the ring lever was located in front of and by ring lever, it's not like the big hand lever that you're thinking of now. Is actually your your index finger went in there like a ring, and that's how they were operating it then. Uh, so then, a multi lever action design, including the volcanic pistol, were designed before the Civil War. And I don't know how much you guys know about the Civil War, but I think this was probably the the turning point when the union got the, the lever action rifles that really turned the tides of the, the civil war. Didn't they release the Spencer right at the tail end of the civil war? Didn't that come out with the tube feed? I know they were real rare, but yeah, yeah it wasn't, weren't the levers just starting to be released during the civil war, the tail end of the war. Yeah. <laughs> the significant yeah. designs were the Spencer repeating rifle and the Henry rifle, both created in 1860. The Spencer was a lever-operated rifle with a removable seven-round tube magazine designed by Christopher Spencer. Over 20,000 were made, and it was adopted by the United States and used during the American Civil War, which marked the first adoption of an infantry cavalry rifle with a removable magazine by any country. 
says the early Spencer rifles lever only served to unlock the action and chamber a new round. The hammer had to be cocked separately after chambering it. So yeah, you're right. Way to be on your history. Definitely makes a difference for the cavalry. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of hard to reload while you're on the back of a horse. Right. (laughs) So the Henry rifle invented by Benjamin Tyler Henry, the gunsmith employed by Oliver Winchester, had a centrally located hammer that was cocked by the rearward movement of the bolt rather than offset hammer typical of muzzle-loading rifles. The Henry also placed the magazine under the barrel rather than in the buttstock, a trend followed by most tube magazines ever since. Uh, and then we get into the, the Marlin. John Marlin, founder of Marlin Firearms in New Haven, Connecticut, introduced Marlin's first lever-action repeating rifle as a model 1881. This was chambered in rounds such as the 4570 and the 3855. Its successor was the 1895 solid top design, which is known as the Marlin 336 today. It also gave, gave rise to the Marlin model 1894, which is still in production. And that's, you know, that's the thing about this. The design of this over 200 years ago, and it's still a very viable um, option today that is still in production to this day. But as we're seeing, more and more companies are, are starting to, I guess, improve it or modernize it. Um, so it says, by the 1890s, lever actions had evolved into a form that would last for over a century. Both Marlin and Winchester released new model lever action rifles in 1894. Marlin is still in production, whereas uh, production of the Winchester 94 ceased in 2006, which I have one of those right here today this was my dad's winchester 94 he he put down many a, awesome. many a deer with this rifle and that's his scope it's an old tasco scope i haven't changed the scope on it or anything like that that's his and he used a little this was his uh, sling just a piece of leather <laughs> that, he, <laughs> that he fashioned tied on the the tube magazine tube and uh shoved up in the the butt stock there <laughs> that's awesome if it works right and it works great. yeah yeah it's it's still deadly accurate today i've taken it uh hunting a couple of times myself uh so warfare use in warfare the henry lever action was used in civil war uh, and were used in the u.s until winchester model 1866 rifle replaced it the Spencer repeating rifle was also used in the U.S. Civil Army. Additionally, rifles using the lever-action design were used extensively during the 1930s by irregular forces in the Spanish Civil War. Typically, these were the Winchester or Winchester copies of Spanish manufacturers. At least 9,000 Model 1895 rifles are known to have been provided by the Soviet Union in 1936 to the Spanish Republicans for use in the Spanish Civil War. Interesting. So there's some interesting facts on Wikipedia that you guys can go. They talk about the cartridges, and uh, we're going to get into into that with Pete. But they use anywhere from uh, 22s, 3030s, which is the one that I have, 38 Special, 357 Magnum, 44 Special, 44 Magnum, 41 Magnum, 444 Marlin, 4570, which we're going to talk about today, 45 Colt. 
320 Winchester, 35 Remington, 308 Marlin Express, 300 Savage. So it's kind of like our modern day ARs, you know. Um, it it ran the gamut of of different cartridges that that were used in it. There was something else that I wanted to point out. Oh, during the war, the reason that these weren't, I guess, more prolific in the Civil War, prolific in the Civil War was the powers that that be seemed to think that it was an ammunition thing. They wanted to conserve ammunition, and they thought that with these uh, repeating rifles that the cost was going to go, like, astronomically up, you know, for the ammunition. So that's that's why they stuck mostly to the, uh, you know, the single-shot rifles that they used during the Civil War. And and their their type of warfare they had, you know, just people lined up and you just pick them off one by one. That's that's another reason why it really wasn't adopted by the military um, as much as probably it should have or could have been. Uh, there are some lever action shotguns as well. The Winchester model 1887 is a lever action shotgun designed by. John Browning. He designed a lot of stuff. He was a he was a genius. It says in 1885, at the behest of Winchester Repeating Arms Company, uh, John Browning designed the Winchester Model 1887. The Winchester Model 1901, a strengthened version chambered for 10 gauge smokeless powder shells, was developed. Uh, there was the Winchester Model. There's a 410 bore. There's a model 9410, which is effectively a Winchester model 94 chambered for the 410 bore shotgun shells. And that was used up until 2006. Henry still makes a, uh, a 410. Uh, I don't want to call it a lever action rifle. It's a shotgun. Yeah. So they still make those uh, with the 18 inch barrels and stuff like that. Oh, cool. So a lever action 410. Yeah, they they make the uh, the axe too. It's called. It's like one of the pistol grip shotguns. Uh huh. Um, and uh, so no stock, just the the pistol grip. They make those in 410 as well. Very cool. So let's let's get to our guest. There's a little bit of history. If you guys want to learn more about that, like I said, you can. You, there's sites you can go to. Wikipedia. Uh, is just kind of like a starting point, and then from there you can go and research some of these uh, other aspects and history of the lever action. But then, you know, I think really what what made it iconic, and I hate to give Hollywood credit for anything, but you know, the movies, the old westerns that uh, that we watched, the the TV shows. What was it, the Rifleman? Chuck Connors, yep. is that the, the guy, the the Rifleman. I mean, he's probably the most uh, significant um, iconic person that used the the lever action because you know it was a weekly TV show, so he you know he was on all the time on TV. Uh, then John Wayne with the big loop lever. Absolutely, yep. yeah. John Wayne, uh, Henry Fonda, you know Clint Eastwood even uh, in his movies. You know he was more known for his his pistoleering and and whatnot, but. He, you know, he used the the rifles occasionally. Um, yeah. 
Remember with John Wayne, though, uh, that's when the big loop thing got going because he would spin the lever and, like, yeah. knock the lever. And yeah. then they copied that back when uh, they did Terminator 2, remember, with the shotgun? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Schwarzenegger did it? Yeah. It was yeah. kind of a spin John Wayne was doing it, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. kind of modern day, yeah. yeah. Did he use that mayor's leg? Is that the one he was using? No, he was using was one of the uh... – just a sawed-off shotgun kind of deal. It just looked like one because he's so big. <laughs> yeah, probably. Because Arnold is so big. Uh, but, yeah, and then in, in today, you know, the Westerns are coming back. Um, Steve and I were talking about this offline, you know, with the – was that the 1883 spinoff of the Yellowstone? You know, there's, there's a lot yeah. of lever actions being used in that. And then even before that with HBO's – the uh, Westworld. Yeah. Well, even on Yellowstone itself, right? That's you know, true. There's still saddle guns for cowboys, like in the current day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, they're they're getting a lot of attention, whereas they they kind of faded out for quite a while, and now they seem to be making quite the resurgence. Yeah, there seems yeah. to be a lot of resurgence with the the lever actions. You know, which hopefully that you know we'll start getting more of that ammo back, Pete, with the. <laughs> With thirty thirty, and I don't know about some of these other odd rounds that I read off, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're uh, we're really trying hard to do, uh, you know, come out with some thirty thirty, obviously, and then progress the line to forty five Colt, forty four Mac, thirty eight three fifty seven. Um, unfortunately, I actually was just talking to Troy about this the other day. Thirty thirty brass is uh, very very hard to find, and we've had it on order for a very long time. Well, that's kind of the case for most ammo, isn't it? Right now, yeah. With yeah, with, for you, yeah, even forty-five seventy's been a serious challenge. Yeah, everything's a challenge. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's really bad. Just surviving to challenge these days, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. With our uh, current situation that we've got going on, so let's do this. I want to start with. Um, with Steve at Mad Pig, and give us a little bit about your your background, your history. I know you got uh, some military uh, experience, so um, talk about that a little bit, and sure. then how you got into doing what you're doing now with the the lever actions. Uh, sure. So uh, started Mad Pig in 2016, something like that. Um, and it started out as a, uh, as just kind of like a side hustle doing Cerakote. Um, I was working as a consultant at the time doing, uh, <laughs> believe it or not, I was doing pandemic preparedness for the CDC as a consultant. And, uh, <laughs> back when, you know, every fireman that would talk to you would tell you, oh, we can handle this. Don't worry about it. Uh, so then the, uh, you know, all the, uh, all the funding dried up with that. And I ended up uh, working for the uh, for the National Guard full time, which I've uh, been in the Guard for 16 years. Um, I worked for them full time, and uh, I just kept going with Mad Pig. It just kept growing. And originally it was Cerakote. Um We did all that stuff, got certified, all that stuff. I you know learned the best the best partnership is the one that doesn't exist. You know, so. <laughs> um, to learn that lesson twice. Um, so you're then, saying so you don't I, really need to be certified to to do circuit? 
no, 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 no. I'm saying I had I had business partners. Oh, you had business uh, partners. I got you. Yeah, I had business partners. Yeah, and that didn't work. Not for me, at least. Uh, so, uh, ended up uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Phil, who he goes by Buffalo Diller on uh, Instagram. He was really into Marvels, just always has been. Uh, now, Mad Pig, we're located in Connecticut, in central Connecticut. So, Marlin was here for a very long time. Uh, the old Marlin factory is about 10 minutes from my shop. I pass it every time I go to the shop. Uh, I mean, everything was here, you know? And uh, he just really was into them. I mean, he would do all sorts of fun stuff. And he started messing around with, like, hey, can you Cerakote these for me? And I was like, yeah, sure. And... Uh, Everything kind of changed when Troy and the guys over at Midwest came out with the uh, the handguard, the M-Lock handguard. And we were like, oh, this is really cool. Uh, that kind of changed the game, and it, it brought a lot of interest out. Um, so we started messing with that a little bit. And this was just on Phil's guns. Um, and Phil, uh, just to be clear, he's a gunsmith himself at a, uh, at a different uh, – a different gunsmithing shop down in Southern Connecticut. Okay. Um, so we just started messing around with that and we're like, Hey, I wonder what we could do. And, you know, at, back then the, shall we say demographics of lever gun owners was a little bit different. Um, people hated what we did. <laughs> they got real emotional about it. I remember <laughs> I joined a, uh, a 4570 group on Facebook and I got banned in a matter of minutes without saying anything because someone recognized the company that I owned. Oh, um, wow. The, yeah. They, it was like the 4570 group on Facebook. Like, we don't want your kind here. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, young people, what do you want? Um, so, uh, you know, we got called Bubba's a lot and, uh, I mean, I, I wear that as a badge of honor, you know. I'm the only guy I know with a SBR at high point, so whatever. Um, <laughs> but uh, the uh, we it, they started to gain some traction, and so yeah, so the, all the Midwest stuff started coming out, you know, that handguard, and we started to try to see what else can we put this on, right? So we knew it would fit on the 1895s. And then the 336s, and we were like, all right, so can we get it to work on a Henry? So we did. Um, we can kind of go into the details on that a little later. But uh, yeah, it, it wasn't the kind of drop-in thing. You needed a mill. You needed to cut dovetails. Like, there was actual gunsmithing involved. Uh, so then we started putting muzzle brakes on them, and that kind of turned into what we became known for, which is the thumper. Right. Let me and let me bring did. your screen up on them. All right, there we go. Yeah. So, at its core, the Thumper is a 1895 uh, Marlin, or it could be a Henry, um, but this one is a Marlin. And what we do is we cut the barrel down and thread it to around 14 and a half inches. Um, and then we add a muzzle brake. We were previously using the Comet muzzle brake. Now we uh, we designed and uh, produced our own. So now we have the Thumper muzzle brake here. And what we do is we cut the barrel. We permanently attach it after th uh, cut the barrel, thread it. Then we 
put on the muzzle brake, permanently attach it. And then once we do that, um, we start doing more cutting. So in order to maintain the uh, largest magazine tube capacity we can, what we did is we actually cut the dovetail for the magazine tube hanger right here. Because what a lot of other people would do so is they would end up pushing it back. So you would have your magazine tube. I don't know if you can see this very well, mm -hmm. but it would be back here, right? Hold it up a little that. higher. How's that? There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So we wanted it to be as close as possible without having the you know exiting gases causing issues. So this actually kind of cuts into some of the – it just barely touches the threads a little bit, but uh, it works out pretty well. So we started doing that, and then we kind of got known for it. Um, I don't know. It kind of struck a chord. Uh, you know, around that time, Henry had uh, they had teased their new Model X, <laughs> Henry X, that originally had a uh, it had the Midwest handguard on it and a threaded barrel, so that you could put a suppressor on it. Mm -hmm. um, and that was met with just overwhelming support. And they ended up producing the Henry X. Uh, took them like two years, but they ended up producing the Henry X. Uh, slightly different. They ended up using a polymer handguard um, that has a Picatinny rail on the front. Um, but it, it did have the factory threaded barrel. So uh, Marlin followed suit with the uh, Marlin Dark Series, mm -hmm. which, uh, I mean, I always said that was like the best marketing gig ever. Like you took a gun that you didn't have to polish all you had to do was just black oxide the thing or parkerize it and call it good and people wanted to pay more money for it um so that was really successful uh they put their uh again factory threaded barrels black furniture um clarify one point marlin never had polymer furniture ever it wasn't a thing people would see the black stocks on the Marlin Dark series, mm -hmm. and they just assumed they were they were polymer or plastic. Yeah, no, it was just wood painted. That's it. Um, so, anyways, those became really popular, and so as that was happening, we just continued to kind of refine our product, and uh, you know, we started working with you know Troy and the guys over at Midwest, and you know uh, some of the others these other companies over the years that we've started working with, like Pete over at Defiant and. Uh, Chad over at Chisel that makes this cool stock, you know, you know, work with both Henry and Ruger. Right. Uh, and so on the barrels, it, it, let me go back to the barrels. Sure. Um, you know, originally you said that you were, you know, you're cutting them down and then yep. pin and welding uh, to make it the 16 inches. Why wouldn't you just uh, thread it at, at its current length and then, and then put the, the muzzle brake on to give it that extra, the extra length? Sure. So um, we do sometimes. It really depends on what people want. Okay. Um, predominantly, we do it uh, for aesthetic reasons. Mm -hmm. um, you're not losing enough velocity in that inch to make enough of a difference for what you're doing, in, in our opinion, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you know, and Pete can talk more to it, but, you know, 4570 is a big, heavy bullet. Whether you have a gun that is 16 inches or the barrel comes out to 14 and a half, 15, this gun is for like 150 and under. We build yep. brush guns, right? That's yeah. predominantly what we do these for. Mm -hmm. um, 
it's a small carbine that is designed to be light, fast handling with an easy ability to make follow-up shots should you need to, which is where the muzzle brake comes into play. Is that the only caliber so, that you're that you're modifying? Oh no, we do them. We do them in anything, really. Okay. Uh, so I've done. I should caveat that. Shotguns. <laughs> Shotguns are different because they have different legal definitions, right? I had a guy send me two Henry 410 shotguns. He was like, I want them cut down. I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, send me the stamp. And then I'll cut them to whatever you want. He's like, well, what do you mean? They're rifles. They're not rifles. They look like rifles, but those are legally shotguns. So they can only go out to 18 inches, right? So um, They have to go out to what... 18 inches, yeah. Yeah, they have to go out to 18. Yeah, excuse me. Um, yeah. So whereas 16 inches For on rifle. the rifle gets you this package, right? So um, that's – it's kind of a byproduct of the design. Sometimes we'll get people that say, hey, you know, I just want 16 inches, so we'll cut to 16 and a half. Uh, we'll pull the uh, – we'll try to get the magazine tube as long as we can towards the muzzle and then they have it threaded for uh just putting a suppressor on of their choice do you do custom uh tubes magazines uh we can but we typically don't um you know i used to buy parts directly from remington Mm -hmm. uh back in the remington marlin days uh now i'm working on that um well you know people always want more you know one more bullet they want to be able to hold you know one more two more three more bullets um did you they, get requests for that, and is that something that you can accommodate? It is. Okay, yeah. so you can do longer There's a, there's a swaging tool to, uh, because on a forty five seventy, it's not just a straight tube, right? So this is an older one that was actually knurled at the factory. I don't know if you can see that. Yeah. Where am I? There we go. Yeah. Um, but you see it's got this bump here, and that's so that when the round feeds in from the side, when you load it, it comes in. Otherwise, it would just get stuck. So there's a swaging tool for that that we have. Um, but anyways, uh, so yeah, that that's kind of why. It's a byproduct of the design. I've had guys that like say, hey, I want to keep six rounds in the tube. I'm like, okay, we'll do that. Yeah. So then they have, you know, a, a much longer barrel um, and a longer tube. And you know, we do. Fine. We talk a lot of competition shooting on this, this show as well. Uh, Are you seeing people who um, – taking these and, and using them in competition shootings yet? Because that's going to be a thing because people are going to want to start racing Maybe. these things. You know, and, To my knowledge, I mean, there's cowboy action shooting, but my guns would probably get someone stoned to death at a cowboy action shooting. <laughs> yeah. so, I don't know. Yeah. I think they would be They'd banned. And, Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of traditionalists. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. yeah they, let me do this. So, uh, let, me go, let me go to Troy because um, – and you said you started Mad Pig in 2016? Uh, around, something like that, around yeah. about, And that was with the Cerakoting. And then what year was it that you started doing the getting into the, the modifications there of the lever gun? We started doing the gunsmithing more in, like, I want to say, like, 18, 19. 18 or 19. So, Troy, when did you come yeah. out with that handguard for the, the lever action? Oh, man, I'd probably say... Three, four years ago, probably maybe a year before Steve started really getting into it. Um, yeah. Put an update on it. I can't even remember at this point because we've been making them for a pretty good amount of time. Um, 
Yeah. What what made you? I mean, from a business perspective, I mean, there had to been some sort of demand for you to no to do that. It was. <laughs> um, I've always been kind of a lever guy, even though we're you know we do mainly black gun stuff. But I've always been a lever action guy. Had a forty five seventy. Us guys here, we were we were doing a lot of hunting and a lot of hog hunting at the time, and the whole nation started doing all the feral pig hunting it was like a big for a while i think it's still a big thing but you don't hear as much about it and we're going up in swamps in upper michigan and stuff like that the eater swamps that are dark real confined spaces stuff like that and it's like man wouldn't it be nice to have a, a light on one of these guns that we're in here hunting these big 300 pound russian hogs yeah so, you know i was like all right well let's see what i can do so i drew something up and we uh, we ended up coming out with the hand, the first handguard, the M-Lock handguard, because that was right around the time M-Lock started. But I'll tell you what, Steve's talking about getting stoned at a, um, a cowboy shootout. Employees, <laughs> because they're like, you realize the amount of heat you're going to bring on us for doing this? And I'm like, I'm doing it. So, yeah. It's th- th- this type of gun is either a love it or hate it, but people got to realize we didn't do this to be tactical or the tactical lever. That's not what this yeah. is about. It's- this is about modernizing and making these guns practical for modern applications like hunting, um, guide guns, stuff like that, with the modernization of. Optics, red dots, lasers, lights, all this stuff. It makes everyday use of these things, like practical use as a tool, yeah. a lot better. Mm-hmm. It it extends the usability. Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I said it extends the usability of the of the of that platform of rifle. So it adds yes. more use to it. It gives it a you know a, a better life, I guess you could say. Now that now that the guns are being factory threaded and, you know, like Mad Pig's been threading them for, for suppressors for how many years now, that's all. These things are great suppressor hosts too. So, and suppressors have just went, um, the popularity of suppressors now is just incredible compared to what it was even six years ago. I just got my latest one out of jail the other day. So I got a stealth project suppressor here. Uh, I'm looking forward so to it. Everything evolves, you know, and sure, there's traditionalists and they hate what we're doing, but, you know, that's you're going to get like- that with anything, though. You know, you got that with with ARs. You get it with, you know, Steve and I were talking the AK community. You know, you've got the purist that if you change yeah. anything on that rifle, then you're going to go to Kalashnikov hell. Oh, yeah. we got that. All- yep. But remember when the military changed from wood gun, you know, like the M14 or the M1 Garand and then the. The M16 was introduced. Yeah. You know, the same thing. I'm sure they got even more pushback back then, but it's the same basic thing. And we're not trying to to stop any of the traditionalist guys. It's just another another option and another venue for people to get into and have fun with. Absolutely. So, yep. But you made it, again, you've made that, that rifle more usable, just like the AK-47. You know, once they came out with the rails and started – doing the rails and you could put the lights and you could put the lasers and you could put the, the scopes and the different optics on there. I mean, look, look how much 
popularity the AK has has grown over the past 10 15 years because of that, oh, yeah. because of the modernization and you know I'm predicting the same thing is going to start happening with the with the lever guns and you know I think we're going to see a huge resurgence with you know what you're doing with the rails and uh, there's no telling what else that you're going to come up with and you probably got some things in in the works already Troy uh, but well, then the, yeah go ahead the stuff we just released now, like in the last, you know, what is it, Steve, six months with the new yeah. uh, SIS came out with, yep. um, we've actually had the sites for this done for two years, basically, but with um, COVID and all that, you know, the big lockdown and all that going on yeah. and the rush on gun parts, our machines were running wide open on everything else to where it basically stopped our research and development on and production on parts that we had going already. We couldn't, we couldn't release anything for two years basically. So now that we released these sites and we, you know, we designed these sites as a, um, a go ring type backup site, but with a real, a lot of testing done with, uh, various loads of ammunition that's kind of where pete gets in here you know subsonic stuff for suppressors supersonic really screaming fast 45 70 stuff we made the sites for these guns now to accommodate are those on your website yes um what are they under i'm going to pull it up while you're talking under Um, optics no if you go to marlin I'll walk you through it, pull it up on mine. Yeah, so I, I know this by heart at this point. So if you go to the gun type and then go either by Marlin or by Harry, yep. uh, you'll you'll see everything there. Okay. Tell them yes. to stop there a little bit. These are gold. Here we spikes. go. Got them. Yeah. Okay. So we did a bunch of testing. It, close to a year's worth of testing. We would buy all the different ammunition we could find for 4570s, for 357s, for 44s five long colts and we would go up and shoot them on the range at different different distances to make sure that we could zero all these different types of ammunition and still get a zero because you never know what the end user is going to want to do with this rifle are they going to want to run subsonic through it all the time are they going to want to run uh you know, some really hot stuff through it. Who knows, you know? Um, so that's where we went with that as far as the heights of the sites go. Gotcha. So, but yeah, we put a lot of time and effort into making them so they work with the suppressed guns or they work with anything you really want to do with them, put it that way. Yeah. So, but <clears throat> finally back into the realm of being able to uh, get a little machine time here and there to release some of this stuff that we've been having on the, you know, we've had in the back burner for a while. Right. So. Yeah. Things are starting cool. to, to release a little bit nowadays. Well, yep. that's good. That's good. I mean, I mean, there, there's your proof in the pudding right there, you know, even more and more parts and accessories that are, that are starting to come out because I mean, obviously you're seeing a market for it or you, you wouldn't have, yeah. have done the, the oh, variety. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, the 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 first two years, the first year we, we released the Marlin MLOC handguard, 
they started moving and I was like, wow, that's, you know, at least I'm vindicated with my idea as far as like <laughs> with employees and everything goes. So I'm not a total, look like a total fool. But after that, you know, the next year, that one skew, the Marlin, Mlock, Anguard, was the most popular one part number skew that we sold that next year. Oh, wow. Wow. That's cool. That's awesome. There's huge interest in lever guns. And, you know, people, you know, the traditionalists can talk down about it all the time of what we're doing. If they weren't selling, I wouldn't be making these parts. I mean, they're selling. I mean, Steve can at the the buzz for these things. And now that we've got stuff like uh, the chisel stock and the hop light um, or the optic uh, quivers and uh, Pete's making all this cool ammo for them. It's just going to make it go even better. You know? Yeah, um, absolutely. Now the, um, you know, we're talking about the, the ammo, um, the demand's going to drive that ammo, you know, demand for that ammo as well. So as, as more of the, the levers are, are being sold from Mad Pig. And, you know, to be fair, there's other companies that are doing similar type things that you guys are doing. Um, yep. pro- not as well, probably. I don't know. But um, that ammo is going to be coming. We talked a little bit about it uh, in a couple episodes back, Pete. Um, so yep. talk about talk about how you guys are gearing up for, and I know, you know, everybody's limited on supply right now. Um, yeah. The way the the world is yeah so um you know with defiant 4570 we're you know taking a very old cartridge and trying to modernize it is as much as we can and stay inside you know pressure pressure parameters and stuff and playing with different powders and stuff and um 4570 lever guns have always been a very big interest to me i've shot animals all over the world with them uh I had a, you know, brown bear, black bear, you name it. Um, just been a big lever guy. And um, so, yeah, I, um, I actually, uh, a very close friend of mine came up buffalo hunting with me in South Dakota and uh, brought one of Steve's guns. And he's like, man, you got to check this thing out. He's like, I'm telling you, you guys need to do ammo for this. Because I was like, man, I don't know if I need to, you know, be like months before leading up to this buffalo hunt. I was like. And I want to do 4570, 3030, you know, and, but I don't know if it's because I want to do it personally because of my love or if there's enough, enough interest for it. You just be and, like Troy, man. It's like, Hey, I yeah, do yeah. it for myself okay. at first. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, we, what's that? You're either the hero or the zero on every decision you make when it's your yeah. company's. Sometimes yeah, go. yeah, exactly. And uh, once I was able to see one of Steve's guns and lay eyes on it and shoot it, uh, we shot some buffalo with it and stuff. I was like, "This is a no-brainer. Um, this is right down Defiance, you know, alley." Um, and so I contacted Steve and I said, "Hey, man, let's do some. You want to do some ammo?" And so uh, he was. Be honest. When you first saw that that guy that brought that rifle brought the mad pig up beyond what was your first impression when you saw it be honest uh, i seriously i thought it was the coolest thing i ever seen right <laughs> yeah it was awesome that's yeah. the that's the reaction i, like, I no had way. when when pete was telling me about it and you know i was like i'm gonna pull this up and we're talking about pulling i was like holy shit that is the coolest thing i've ever seen 
Yeah, when you when you feel how smooth that that action is and stuff, it it is really incredible. But uh, so yeah, what what we did for Defiant is we uh, we are working on some new powders that were right in that burn rate um, for 4570 and um, in 3030. So we started trying different powders. Um, we were able to easily get 1900 feet per second out of a uh, out of the 4570 300 grain. Um, we incorporated, and it's probably not going to sh- show up right there. There we go. Show up um, is good, but it's got our black uh, TPD coating on it, um, plating on it. And what that does is nickel plated brass is awesome and it works great. But, um, you know, this stuff is way more corrosion resistant. Um, it's virtually, um, yeah, you can probably see it a little bit better on there. Um, it's virtually doesn't chip or crack or, or, you know, flake off or anything like that. Um, and then it's, you know, virtually a hundred times the higher it's a, it's got a much higher lubricity rate scroll up. There you go. There you go. Yeah. So he reached out to me, um, and we started talking about it. And I I am not a big reloader. Um, it's something that I'm starting to get more into. But, you know, he's talking about all these different things. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And then he, go, he goes, and then check this out. And he shows me this. Hold on. And I was just sw- like, let me switch. Can you see that? Let me switch. There we go. Yeah. So he showed me that, and I was just, I just said, "Holy shit!" It's like a boat propeller. Uh. That's nuts. Yeah. And, yeah. That. Uh, <laughs> I've showed that to a few other people, and they, everyone says the same thing. It's, it's, the reaction's always the same. It's holy shit. It's like yeah. That's, yeah. The spread pattern really, on that is wicked. It's nuts, man. Um. So when wow. we started talking about like, you know, he's like, I'd like to optimize this for shorter barreled carbines, like what you built. And I was like, cool. That sounds great. Um, sorry not to jump on your train too much. Pete. <laughs> oh, no, no. I appreciate that, Steve. And yeah, I mean, so what we what we essentially did is we have um, the Mad Pig. Um, Turn your blur. I think you got your blur screen on. Turn that off. Okay, I don't know how to do that. Yeah, um, go to uh, settings. Trying to show that. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was trying to show. Yeah. Steve, Steve's got it. Yeah. Um, so what we did was we came up with a box, incorporated Steve's you know name and logo on it. So we're doing you know kind of a, a strategic alliance or whatever you want to call it with the ammo uh, built around you know Steve. Collaboration, Steve. man. It's called a collab. Yeah. There you go. Collaboration. Um, you know in you know, with this thumper series and the ammo. And obviously we're going to take this, you know, into 3030, um, you know, and all the lever gun cartridges, um, we're going to expand it. But in 4570, we do a, uh, we do a 300 grain, uh, full power and supersonic. And then you're looking at the 400 grain subsonic. We had to do a subsonic because, um, number one, it's just awesome. Um, and, Number two, I mean, there's so many people now because of what Steve and Troy brought to the industry. People are really seeing that now. And uh, so they're suppressing these guns because they're like like Troy said, they're such great uh, uh, hosts for suppressors. They're they're really incredible and they're ultra quiet. Um, 
so we designed a special subsonic powder for this 400 um and we're getting about 10 about a thousand feet uh 1020 right under sub you know right at subsonic uh, velocities and it absolutely is phenomenal we shot buffalo with this as well and uh it was absolutely incredible wow modern 3570 is awesome if you look at like reloading oh, it yeah. oh yeah because that's what really got me into levers was when i did reload i don't anymore because i just don't have time for it but yeah. the 4570 cartridge is so incredible to reload you can reload black powder with it smokeless powder cast bullets jacketed bullets you can do yep. just about anything with the modern guns I think a, a trapdoor is loaded at like twenty thousand for cup pressure. Mm-hmm. A Marlin, you can load to forty thousand for cup, and a Ruger number one, you can take to fifty thousand for cup pressure. It's almost at like four fifty eight wind mag ballistics. Yeah. So this yeah. this cartridge is incredible. And if you game hunt with a modern forty five seventy, man, it steamrolls stuff. Yeah. I've shot I've shot countless I've shot a Buffalo with 4570 and with modern loads. Holy cow. It is something else. It's really cool. What kind of yeah, distance can you get out of, out of one of those? I wouldn't go over 150. I always try to go a hundred and in. I mean, you're shooting a pretty big, a pretty big chunk of lead or copper down. Yeah. But it's a big old bullet. Yeah. But yeah. It's, yeah. Oh, you can two a second that's a that's a cannonball coming down range pretty you know <laughs> at a, a lot of thumb so yeah yeah but for sure you can yeah. what's cool about it in new shooters you know as far as kids my son shot his first pig when he was 12 with a 4570 and it was just with trapdoor loads so they're real light loads that anybody can shoot they don't, don't recoil real bad and you can kind of vary your loads on what you're doing. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Pete? That's Yeah, yeah. I would say that it's, uh, people don't realize how versatile this cartridge really is. I mean, like I said, we're, or like Troy said, you know, we're shooting, you know, bullet, you know, 300, 300 grain bullets upwards into 2,000 feet per second. But then on the other hand, we have a 400 grain, you know, sludge hammer at subsonic velocities, um, you know, there's a huge difference there. Um, and it, it's just ultra versatile. Um, you could do so much with this cartridge. Um, and really it is the ultimate survivalist, you know, uh, gun, you know, it's, it's, you know, one of Steve's thumpers is short, compact. It's easy to handle. And, you know, for, for the people looking at it, like, why would I want a short gun? Well, if you ever been in, you know, real brush, brush hunting or, um, hunting dangerous game. Um, you know, when I was in Alaska, I got charged by a brown bear, um, and I shot him at 10 feet. Um, you know, so when you're, you know, when you're, when you're hunting things that can hunt you, um, you want something that you can maneuver very quickly, um, and in tight, in tight places. Well, that, Um, that too. And it's great. And you know, the weight, the weight of it, you know, is not as taxing mm-hmm. on you because you're, you know, you're usually traveling distances with it. So yeah, it helps with yeah. that too. The fatigue factor. Yeah. The, um, yeah. The only other thing, you know, 
what I brought, you know, with the 4570 cartridges is, you know, we brought our TCX line, our, our total copper expanding line. So there's solid copper bullets into it to really uh, modernize it. Um, they are so incredibly accurate. Um, and the cool thing is, is, you know, at these velocities, I can control how these bullets expand um, at certain velocities and stuff by, by designing the cuts and stuff. So, so they're just ultra, ultra reliable. Where like a normal cup and core bullet, like a bullet that's got it's a lead jacketed bullet, mm-hmm. those those are those based off those expand based off of pure velocity, high velocity um, to get good performance out of these. So when we design our solid copper bullets, we design them to you know work properly at a at a fairly big window of lowest velocity, highest velocity. So say so that's what we did. Yeah, and when, and when I was playing with those hunting with uh 4570 feet i was playing around with like the hornady xtp bullet Mm -hmm. um and i mean this is a long time ago this is like before i even thought about you know before i even thought about making this handguard this is a long time ago but i can imagine how good it works now with your copper bullets it's got to be really impressive oh yeah we're we're able to um here's a 400 grain subsonic uh right there and uh, we're able to cut some relief grooves in it for expansion and to uh, to uh, cut down on, on uh, chamber pressures as well. So we can push them a little bit faster or, um, you know, and stuff to, you know, to be able to control pressure and in velocity. So Very neat. Rob would tell you that failing to prepare is preparing to fail. He's not a prepper. But survival skills, personal preparedness, and self-sufficiency are important skill sets in his book. His firearm of choice, the Keltec RDB Survival, says a lot about him. This great compact bullpup rifle fits in a pack and tight spaces when he feels like bugging out. Unlike ordinary bullpups, the RDBS rifle redefines the concept of platform, offering a traditional rifle grip, balance, crisp trigger, and an adjustable buttstock. The RDB Survival delivers 556223 ballistic performance in a compact package weighing 5 pounds 14 ounces. It has a patented downward ejection that allows for complete ambidextrous use with an intuitive safety and reversible charging handle. It's a get you there, never let you down kind of rifle. Innovation, performance, Keltec. Let's go to let's go to uh, Steve and um there are other things that you're doing to these rifles. You're not just, you know, slapping these hand guards on there and throwing a nice Cerakote. Talk about the the other mods that you're doing to to the lever actions for the Mad Pigs customs. Sure. Yeah, I, I get that a lot. Like, you're charging $2,000 to do just Cerakote <laughs> and throw a hand guard on? I right. can do that at home. All right, cool. I tell everybody, if you can do it better than me, then go do it, please. Um I'm not going to lose sleep. Yeah. So you're not forcing them to well, use you, are you? No, no. Yeah. Um, so what we do, uh, so the first thing we do is we start with the, uh, the barrel work, right? So we take the muzzle brake and then here it is. I got a couple of these that are kind of in progress right now. Yeah. Um, so this one, and this one has like our, our new muzzle brake on there, but we cut the barrel, thread it, uh, permanently attach it cut the new dovetails, um, depending on the type of Marlin it was. So like this one, this one's actually a 444. This isn't even a 4470. 
to, to your question before about what can you do. So four uh, fifty. Yeah, caliber-wise, we've made thumpers out of 450 Marlins, 444, uh, 450 Marlins. Yeah, that's always a fun one to shoot. Um, and uh, 38, 357, like 44 mag, you name it, we've done it, really, for the year. Uh, if they made a Marlin in that caliber, uh, we've probably built one Have at this point. Have you done a 22 yet? Yes, sort of. 22s are their own animal. Yeah. <laughs> Circle back to that. Okay, we'll come um, back. But, um, so like these, if they've got like a uh, like a barrel band gun, like the, your traditional Marlin 336s that don't have the handguard cap, um, you know, the way these, these handguards attach is through this handguard tenon right here, which normally has your handguard cap on it. Um, right. Well, it's kind of an interesting it's an interesting solution because it works well but it's doing something that the guns were never designed to support uh, so when we get into the henry's for example because the henry's have a similar setup so this here's a henry uh this one's a 4570 and the big difference with a henry is it has the magazine tube uh the tenon has a dovetail here with this big old magazine tube support that needs to go in. And when that goes in, this uh, handguard tenon right here, you can see how, I don't know if you guys can see that. Uh, see how it just moves with my hand? Yeah. It just slides around. The reason for that, whereas a Marlin is, is already, it's a much tighter fit and it's staked in. To install the magazine tube, you need to move this along with this at the same time right and it's a pain in the ass <laughs> it just so it's is. a precision it's a precision fit yeah and these were never designed to support a handguard so when you put a handguard on it like this um this is the midwest handguard for the uh the henry what can happen is it will it'll move around because there's no support here right so uh one of the great things I love about kind of the relationships that we've built, because it's a small circle, man. It really is. There's only so many guys doing lever gun stuff. So talking to Troy over at uh, Midwest, I, I brought this up to him, and I said, here's the problem we face with Henry's. And I, Troy, what was it, like 48 hours, I think? <laughs> and you were yeah, like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I got a text from him. He's like, I fixed it. I was like, you fixed it? He's like, yeah. I was like, oh. Well, shit, cool. Because um, I was, I was drilling into here, set and putting a uh, dimpling the barrel, just well, like you would on an you AR gas. Had to tube. do a lot more work. Oh yeah, I had to do a ton more work on a Henry. Because um, I would have to drill through here, tap it, dimple the barrel on the inside here, and then set screw it with then red Loctite. Then I had to drill through the tube right here. So I could access this. Like mm -hmm. it, it was just, it was a pain in the ass. Um, and, and Troy the, came up Henry's with a. We... Go ahead, Troy. Hang on. A yeah, the first, the first guns we did when we came out with the Henry handguard, we the guns. I don't know what it was, but they were a lot tighter back then. And if you loctited those tenons in, they seemed to hold fine. Um, cause we made those a long time. We'd get them now and then where people would complain about them, 
but we would have them either stake them and or stake and Loctite or rock set them in there. Yeah. Um, but as things, you know how things go. As things uh, get more advanced, and we kind of, I don't know what you say. They evolve into better things. And talking to you, we kind of realize, you know what, that is kind of a concern. Now that we're redoing the the handguard, we're because we kind of took a break after talking to Steve. As far as like Henry's came out with a side gate, so Steve told us one of the biggest things that we have people say about your handguard is it's too short. They want the longer length. So I was like, well, if we're going to do that, let's address the tenion thing right away. You were talking about that you're putting all this work into so we kind of addressed that at the same time sorry to cut into your time steve no no so. no I, I i wanted you to so like and and yeah so like this is uh this is a henry handguard the older style um obviously we've modified it for this sbr mm -hmm. um they're perfectly sized for sbrs but this is what the marlin length handguards were right and uh you know they did that back then because you could then access the bottom of the tube uh on the uh henry uh, let me see yeah they were tube loading back then yeah but once henry came no out side with the side loading gate we were like fuck that noise there's no good reason to be doing that like you right. don't need to drop things in from the bottom of the tube if you really want to load it that way you still can you pull out the tube and then drop the rounds in um it doesn't change anything um or you just do it from the side like an adult so um <laughs> So you just you just eliminate. So then you guys just eliminate the the tube feed and just go to the side gate. So we didn't. It doesn't eliminate it entirely. You can oh, still load okay. it from the front. You can pull the tube oh. out of the front, right? I gotcha. Yeah. So like you could pull the tube out from the front. You just can't load it from the very bottom, which, I mean, you're oh I see yeah yeah. Inch or two of the tube in there anyways to do that. To yeah. me, it never right. made much sense. Now is that because because of the handguard itself, or could you cut a hole down yeah. there and, and then still? So, I mean, make in it theory, available? you could cut a hole. Um, but would you want to? You I, know, that's the thing. Yeah. I, no, yeah. I mean, what the juice isn't worth the squeeze, you know? Yeah. Like, what's the point? Right. Like, how many different ways do you need to load a rifle? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, there's nobody crying <laughs> like, "Oh shit, I can only load my AR from the freaking ejection port." What? <laughs> you know, like. Come on, load it from the magazine like a grown-up, and you'll be fine. Um, I don't see the tube loading thing being around forever. I really personally think that Henry's doing that till the parts are used up, and then they're all going to be side-gate side loaded, and that's it. Well, they That's are, my man. hunch. Well, no, you're right, Troy. Like, they're not – they're only making the side-loading gate model. So yeah. yeah, but, like, some of my guns still have the tube with the side-gate. Oh, you're talking about getting rid of the tube entirely. Oh, gotcha. I well, don't know. Able to at the end, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I mean, there's I mean, no I'm, point. I mean, I'm not going to speak for Henry, but just from like where I sit, at a certain point, you're just basically making another Marlin. So I think they mm. also need to do things that keep them different enough. Is there a mm -hmm. way for their own brand? You know what I mean? Is there a way yeah. to, to magazine feed it? No. I mean, not, not, not a whole lot. No, because no, you have to have a magazine like over here. Yeah, what's wrong, what's wrong having a magazine up there? You'd have to have a magazine over here and then have a means to push it over here. Like, you, 
they're not somebody can figure that's it out. The thing is, somebody can figure that out. Probably. It's I'll not see a magazine big. coming soon. Put <laughs> <laughs> a magazine then. What's do, that? Do what? Put a mag on the side like a sten. Yeah. Yeah. You could you could do that yeah. too. Yeah. 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 I think it could be done. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so <laughs> talk about the other mods that you're doing. Um, sure. So we we do all that. Um, Marlin, shit, you can't really talk about Marlins without talking about some of the quality control issues over the years. Um, and uh, Marlins, I don't care if they were JM stamped, made in North Haven, Connecticut, or made in uh, Italian, New York. They had some of the worst chambers I've ever seen on a firearm. Like, you can just look at them, and if you're watching this right now and you have one, take a look. Shine a light into your chamber, and you will see ridges all over the place. Um, like it was hammered just, or something? <laughs> Not machine. No, it's... The, it's just the tooling was used past its past its life uh, cycle. Yeah. So, so we've actually had people comment on some of our posts that were uh, former Remington employees and said that yeah, we had to push our tooling past its lifestyle life cycle limits, um, and we we wanted to do better, but just the corporate culture like they went out of business. Like yeah, they, they went out of business for a reason. Squeezing that so, lemon for all it was worth. Yeah, so we make sure that your chamber is smooth. The other thing we do is we cut a feed ramp into the top of it, um, which is kind of interesting because we only do that on Marlins. Show that. The reason uh, – I don't think I can. I don't have a barrel uh, okay. taken off here right now. No, I don't. But uh, So you've got a slight ramp on the bottom of the uh, chamber on a Marlin, and then the top is – there's no ramp. Um so what we do is we just we polish that down on the bottom, clean that up, clean up the chamber, and then at the top we put a slight chamfer on there as well because you got to remember when these bullets feed, they're going back and then up like this, right? Mm -hmm. Let me do so, this. This might help. Yeah. So the interesting thing about it is I'm not that smart. I didn't create that idea. I stole that from Henry. <laughs> your Henry factory rifle has a feed ramp cut into the top of the chamber for that very reason. Every mm -hmm. one of their guns has it. So Henry made some interesting uh, modifications with their adaption of the Marlin action. Um, so that's one of the things that we'll do. Um, we tune the loading gates. Um, so the Marlin loading gates are notoriously hard. Uh, not only that, but they're, they never deburred things. Um, so when they would put the, uh, whoop, and there goes the bolt. So when they would put the, uh, trigger plate on, the guns would be manufactured like this together and they would be ground together. And that's great. And it leaves a nice looking line until you take this off. And now this is razor sharp. I've cut myself on these so many times. So if you're going to like mess with the inside of your Marlin, be careful because you will probably cut yourself. Um, so we take all that down. The inside, uh, we just deburr everything because there's just tool marks all over the place. Um, we chamfer the, uh, the end of the magazine tube. Like, we do all sorts of stuff. Um, are you doing anything do, to the uh, action? 
Yeah, so we do a full action job. Uh, the trigger, we replace the triggers with uh, Wild West Guns makes a beautiful trigger. Ooh, um, Wild West Guns. And so, yeah, Wild West Guns, who are also fantastic lever gunsmiths. So the, uh, let's see if you can see this here. So there's a thing called Marlin Flop. Can you see that? You see the trigger? Mm-hmm. So see how it just drops like that? Yeah. There's no spring tension or anything on it. Um, and it's a very similar sear setup to a uh, to like a 1911. Now, this is a Wild West Guns trigger. Go over to Yeah, there you go. You got it? Okay. Yep. So this is a much, much nicer trigger. And so what we do is we use those, we install those, and then we... Uh, we do a trigger job on it, and generally you end up getting a three and a half. I like to keep them around three and a half pounds. So you get a really nice break on the trigger. Um, so we do that. Um, lever. The lever is one of the most important parts of this of this style of rifle mm-hmm. because there's everything interacts off the lever. Everything. So what we'll do is we replace the levers with a big loop lever. We chamfer the uh, big loop. Um uh, we use the Wild West Guns design for the lever. Pull that, that lever then, up here. Let's see that lever. Gun so, porn, baby. Gun porn. Yeah. So th- this is an example of one. This is on a, nice. a brand new uh, Marlin 1895 SBL, one of the Ruger uh, produced ones. Um, so we use that, and then we we fit the lever to the gun. I guess that's the biggest thing I could say about what we do is that every part gets fitted to that gun because every part is different. And that sounds kind of silly on a mass produced rifle. Um, but the design of these guns, like it might be 200 years old, but that doesn't change the fact that the, and the machining process might be new, but they still need to be kind of fit together to work best. Mm -hmm. Um, so we do that. Um, we Cerakote everything. I like using Cerakote for uh, for corrosion resistance. The other thing we do is we use Cerakote Elite uh, as much as we can, uh, and we use it especially on the inside of the uh, of the receiver and on the bolt. And the reason for that is it helps us. Uh, there we go. It's got some great lubricity properties to it. So uh, we fit the bolt first. And then we will uh, put it in here. There it goes. Put it in going. Oh. Get the right model? Down. Yeah. Yeah, it's the... You got me. <laughs> I was trying to put a Marlin bolt in a Henry. Yeah. All right. So, like, just being able to not send this thing out into space, but they just, they're so smooth right makes it easier to clean too keeps it cleaner it makes it easier to clean um and keeps temperatures down predominantly we we build guns that are designed to be worked right so i want you to be able to take this out hunting where you might have to go you know you're crossing a swamp or you get rained on or whatever i don't want you to have to worry about your gun rusting up while you're out there and on a gun like this that is a concern yeah on this it's really not so much um we uh what else we 
that's a lot. Oh, that's a lot. I mean, you, you've, I think you've justified yeah, I, the price no already. Sorry. <laughs> no, no doubt. I mean, that that's quite a bit. I don't want you to give away any of your, your trade secrets or anything like that, but um, yeah. what, what do you think it is that really sets your designs apart from, you know, you said there's not a lot of people doing this, but there are some, there's some out there that are doing this. Oh yeah. I, I saw a gun the other day and uh, I had to look at it real close because I, I swore that it was one of mine and it was not. Um, so I guess I got to do a little bit better branding uh, <laughs> since people are just straight up copying what we do. But yeah. um, you might need to patent it. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's it's like patenting the battle worn American flag Cerakote camo. Like you can't. You yeah. know, it's like the We the People shotgun that we did that went crazy viral years ago. The, it was the Remington Tac 14. Um, it, there's only so much you can do. So, uh, part of that is now I, I manufacture my own muzzle brakes and stuff like that. But, um, so part of what I think has happened is I had an interesting conversation with, uh, one of the guys from Henry, uh, yesterday, and we were talking about demographic shifts and, uh, he brought up something I never really considered, which is like the effect of like the global war on terror on the gun buying public in regards to lever guns and i'm like well i'm in that demographic like i was in afghanistan like wh what does that have to do with me um so i was there in like 2010 and i'm you know i'm 36 now and i've got a more established life than i did and i remember watching the gun industry uh and the gun community as a whole change right because for a period of time in like the mid 2000s or the mid-teens you remember everything was very serious? Like, no one was allowed to have fun. Mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Everything was serious. Like, why would you do this? This is, you know, I only want a work gun. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think a lot of that kind of had to do with, you know, we were on this perpetual cycle of deployments and stuff like that, where a lot of people who were getting into guns were veterans who were like, hey, I want something that I can bet my life on. And I'm going to focus all only on that. Yeah. Well, the different and environment now, that they were taking the, their weapons into too, with the sand, you know, in the sandbox and the, the effects that it was having on there, you know, they were wanting something that was going to be. Yeah. And I mean, it was just, it was just a different perspective and now things like that have toned down and we've gotten older and grown up a little bit. I won't say grown more mature, but, um, we're also at different stages of our lives where like it brought different things into the forefront, like nods right now. Nods aren't just like only a handful of people have them. They're much more common and people hunt with them. They go out and do whatever with them. I know people that yeah. walk their dogs with quads cause they can't because of the, the, <laughs> the public, the publicity that the war was getting and the media was covering it more and you were seeing it on yeah. the news and all the civilians were seeing what the, you yeah, know, the military regime is like, oh, I want, I want that. I gotta yeah, have and, that. I mean, people have lightened up too. So I think what's happened by have they though? Now, have they really lightened well, up? <laughs> no. Well, so like there was a uh, Chris Cops, we, we built a gun for Chris Cotton, right? And that kind of helped put us on the map. And one day he he brought it with him to classes because he likes to do that, and he was shooting it from inside a car. I cannot fathom shooting this gun from inside a car but he did and uh people just went ape shit on him and they're like 
what are you doing? That'll get people killed. Like, why wouldn't you use an AR? And he's like, guys, am I not allowed to have fun? Like, <laughs> I, I wanted to do it. It's my gun. I'll do what the fuck I want. Like, yeah. I thought it would be fun. And he did but, it, and nobody got killed. Uh, you know. No. Well, they were like, you'll get killed in a gunfight. I'm like, listen, I don't know how many you've been in gunfights. Like, I'm not too worried about shooting out windows with a 4570 yeah. at the moment. I don't know how many people been up against Chris Costa either. You know, you're not going to win in a <laughs> yeah. gunfight against Chris Costa. Yeah, probably not. Um, but, like, that was just one case where people just take everything so seriously. Oh, yeah. Everybody's a keyboard commando these days. And because, yeah. you know, you're not face-to-face with people and you can confront them virtually yeah. in a way, in a safe, you know, you know he can't hurt me from... Yeah. From here, you know, people get balls. Yeah. They get a set of balls. And that's why I'm banned from interacting with people on forums. <laughs> exactly. Fair enough. Um, and social media. But yes, so I think yeah. that people have kind of lightened up, though. Like, if you look at, like, you could even give credit to some of the meme pages. Like, the gun industry, there are some people that take themselves real serious. But by and large, it's lightened up a little bit. And... uh People, I think in doing that, it's made people a little more open to try things that they otherwise wouldn't, you know? Yeah. Um, well, I just think like it's really said, cool because, stuff. because, you know, this has been in my safe for I don't know how many years. You know, I've not given it a second thought. And then when Pete showed me what you guys are doing with them, yeah. what's the first thing I did? I went and I pulled this sucker out of the safe, you know, and I started, you know, giving it attention again. And, yeah. you know, taking it out and shooting it and, you know, just kind of picturing. And, and I probably won't do anything with this one just because, you know, it's, you know, no. it's my dad's. And and I don't think you do anything with Winchesters. Do you do, can you do Winchesters? I I can and I don't. Okay. So uh, I stick to the Marlin pattern, which is Marlin rifles and Henry rifles. That's the, uh, that's just what I do. I don't work on the... Um, was it like Chiapa or Rossi? Rossi, the, yeah, you don't do. Yeah. But does your it's Troy against them? I just don't. Troy, does your handguards work on those? Um, we haven't got into the Winchester ninety fours yet. Um, we've got a request form. I just haven't had time. Um, I don't know if I'm gonna. I know our sight system wouldn't work because they're top eject. So that causes a whole another set of problems. Um. So, and I mean, it's not a gun. There's a lot of them out there, but there, it's not like a gun that's being made anymore. Winchester doesn't make them anymore. Yeah. They're you not, know what yeah, I'm saying? They're not being made anymore. That's true. Yeah. And guys it, that have them, regular Winchester 94s, the value of them has went so high up. I wouldn't even mess with a new one or an yeah. old one, I should say. I would just leave it the way it is. And if you're going to go modern, go with a, go with a Henry or go with a new Marlin. Hit your pawn shop um, and go find one of those. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing that. As soon as we get off here, I'm going to my, my local pawn shops here, and I'm going to see what uh, they've got going on. Uh, but but the prices I've noticed on labor guns have gone up already. They've oh, already yeah. started. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I have – yeah, I have a question for Steve. Why do you think the JW guns are so crazy right now? Because – You'd be lucky to find a JW Mark gun under two grand. Um, what? So, sure. So, um, JM is a uh, or JM. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, you're good, man. 
Uh, let me see. And tell I, our listeners, explain I, that, what, what you're talking about. Those are the Connecticut uh, guns, right? Correct. Yeah, I'm looking to see if one of these is one of them, and that this one's not. No. So, uh, let me see if you can see this here. Can you see this mark right here? No. So no, this one. Let me try a different well, view here. Well, either way, so this is this one's a Remington mark. Okay. Um, but JM was the uh, the inspection stamp that was used at the North Haven, Connecticut Marlin factory. So essentially when people say they have a JM gun, what that means is it was built in North Haven, Connecticut vice a gun like this, which was built in the Illion, New York. So that's how they under Remington. So that's how you differentiate between a, a original Marlin from North Haven, Connecticut versus a Remington made Marlin. And now we have the Ruger made Marlins, um, so there's like three different Marlins. But um, you can differentiate them from that mark. That's what you're yeah, saying. So, That's good to uh, know. Yeah, and so what Ruger did is Ruger, I mean, there's a lot of ways to tell the Ruger ones, um, but they engraved Marlin uh, Myodin, I think. Someone can correct me on that. Myodin, North Carolina. They put that right over here. They don't have the inspection stamp. Um, but, yeah, so... Guns. If I can jump here, yeah, please. The JM were they had a much better attention to detail. They were deburred. They they, they had button uh, button rifled barrels. They shot like a house of fire. Um, yeah, they were normal guns that you know could tell they were there was some attention to detail when they went right and I mean those guns we saw front sights were crooked on them. Yeah, um, so you can attest to that, Steve. Um, uh, there was no deburring. You actually had to pay in their custom shop to have the gun deburred. They were sharp. Yeah. Wow. You cut yourself on them. Um, yeah. I don't think the barrels were the same quality. Um, I don't know. I mean, there was definitely a corporate attitude when Remington took over Marlin. It went down. Yes. Obviously, they went out of business because of that. Now, from what I understand, I was talking to Steve about this and kind of doing some research. I think the Ruger guns now, don't they have a hammer forged barrel? They or no? do. They're, they are cold hammer forged barrels, which is And then they've cool. got a spiral flute bolt, which yep. is cool. Yes. Um, there's a lot more attention to detail on the Ruger guns. They're basically at the same quality of the as the Connecticut guns, in my opinion now, if not even a little bit better. Um, yeah. But yeah, come full circle. And, and to Troy's oh. point, I... I would say that the Ruger guns, so far from what I've seen, and I've seen a handful of them, are nicer than most of the JM guns I've seen. Now, that said, you have to remember the the numbers are vastly different. Uh, I want to say there were like 6,336 pattern rifles made before Remington took over. That's a lot of fucking guns, right? <clears throat> so being where I am here in Connecticut, we get some interesting guns that uh, that come through this the shop uh i'm co-located with another gun store and uh they're like a retail gun store where i just do smithing and there's some neat stuff that comes in we've had some stuff come in with uh like marlin property tags on it and we have a bunch of customers that come in there that are former marlin employees and uh you know they (laughs) 
let me tell you, they always have the nicest of the Marlins. They're like, we're not stupid. We pulled the good stuff off the line for us. I was like, yeah, "Yeah, I I do too. Um, Why wouldn't they? Definitely. Let's do this now. Let's, uh, let's get to listener questions. I want to, I want to do that. And, um, I made a post on Instagram and my Facebook and I think, I think you shared it on yours, didn't you? Yep. Uh, Okay. Yep. And I got a few too. Okay. So let's, let's field some questions and, uh, I'll start off on Instagram here and are we get are we awarding prizes or anything? You guys got swag or anything you want to give away to, to our participants here? I think we talked about it. Uh, Steve, you you got something. Yeah. I got some of the, uh, the, the thumper, uh, bench mats that, you know, we can do that along with some swag, some stickers and patches and stuff. Oh, very cool. Hold that mat up again. Got like three of these here. Hold that mat up again. What about uh, you? Got, what's that? Got any baby hands to give away? I will include the baby hands. Yes. What are baby hands? In here. Oh, the baby hands. What are oh. baby hands? Oh. Uh, hold on. You're gonna have to go to somebody else for a second. I'll grab. Okay. Them. Okay. Troy, tiny you, hands. You got anything you want to? You got any swag or anything you want to give away from Midwest? Yeah, we can do that. Um, we got some hats, and we can do some hats and sticker packages for people okay you just gotta somehow me and let me know where to send them that's fine yeah so what they do is uh, they have to listen to win so i don't contact winners so what we do is when we get done with our listener questions we just go through there and we randomly pick or if you, there's a question that stood out you liked we can award them a uh, a prize kind of thing i'm good there we go and then they email me with their contact info and then i forward it to you um okay show your hands again <laughs> what is this <laughs> The tiny hand. <laughs> what is that all about? <laughs> <It's>, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. I don't know, man. That's freaky. Yeah. That's so freaky. Exactly. Pete, you you want to do anything? <laughs> yeah. Um, I got some. Uh, we can give a box of ammo each yeah. of the forty-five seventy. Sweet. Do you want to give away a couple of those? Yeah, we. Uh, I don't know, like the four hundred and the three hundred. We, you know, we can do that. Okay. Um, you know, I guess we can maybe let the customer pick what 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 uh, caliber they uh, want. Okay. Uh, well, what uh, what bullet grain, what what bullet weight they want. Okay. Um, or I guess if they want, if they'd rather have something else instead, you know, that's fine. Okay. So we'll do a couple boxes of ammo. There you go. That'll work. We'll do that. All right. Let's go to the questions cool. now. Um. Mustang Perry, what are the biggest challenges when converting building one of these amazing rifles? Um, honestly, it's because I never know what's going to happen when I open up one of these guns. What happened uh, to your volume? Guns... Oh, can you hear me? There it goes. Yeah, it would cut out for a uh, second. Okay. Uh, it's the... Uh, what's the word? The I never know what's going to happen when I open up one of these guns. Like so, a box of chocolates? <laughs> you never yeah, know what you're going to yeah. get? No, yeah, like, it really is. Like, you know, I had one gun where I was just testing the loading gate before I took it apart, and there was such a bad burr on the inside that it it was so sharp that it cut off the front of my nail and the front of my fingertip. Like, wasn't planning on that that day. Um, I just never know. There was a period of time about a year and a half ago where I was getting a lot of late production uh remington made marlin 1895s and half those guns that 
came into my shop were broken before, like as soon as they left the factory. They didn't work. Um, so I would have to fix the gun before I could even like get into the conversion work. So these guns are such a mixed bag. You never know. Like this one, I just picked up this one the other day, and it's probably the nicest thirty thirty that I've ever seen, and it's a Remington gun. Like it's nicer than JM guns. Like all the there's no ridges, no machine marks. Like I, I think that's probably the biggest thing is they're just so unpredictable. Yeah, the quality control is just not consistent. <laughs> yeah, got it. Inconsistent. There's the word. Yep. Let's see, Brent Bedal. Talk about tuning a lever. Any drop-in parts to improve trigger and cycling of the lever? How much for how much for up is required? I don't know what he's saying. Personally, a huge fan of levers and revolver cartridges, in particular the 357 slash 38. So we talked about the trigger. There's there's a trigger that's out there. Any other drop-in yeah. parts? So I'm I'm always hesitant with drop-in parts um, because there's Short of, like, the uh, takedown screws, there's really no such thing as drop-in parts. Um, I get people that have, like, this gun came back because the, uh, or no, I'm sorry, it was a different gun that came in because the customer tried to put a Marlin lever, an OEM Marlin big loop lever, into his older 336, and it wouldn't work, and he couldn't figure out why, and then it just jammed everything up. So it should have dropped right in and worked, but it didn't. And I had to tune the whole thing. Hmm. Um, so, I mean, the wild West guns trigger, I think is about the best upgrade that you can make to any lever gun without real modification. And it's fairly simple to do. Um, the Midwest industries handguard, if you want to put a handguard on, I, I mean, it's, it's really the only one I use. Um, there's, one of the great things about it is like Troy was saying, like there's, it lets you do things that you couldn't do before. Um, like putting the hand stop here. I use slate black industries, uh, hand stops and, uh, rail covers on my guns. So every mad pig gun built gets this being able to just hold the rifle and use a hand stop. Like it changes things. Whereas before you're like, you know, white knuckle in the thing, like, holding it on like there's forearm strain here it's it's simple um so i think stuff like that are good stuff the chisel stock it balances the rifles nicely too if you're looking for that i mean it's definitely a look that's not for everybody talk i talk about the I yeah really let's like talk them. about the stock options because we didn't really talk about different sure. the different stock and i'm seeing a couple of different yeah. options there that you've got there um is that both from the same company or those different companies so this is the chisel machine uh, stock, uh, here, let me move the camera. Sure. How's that? Yeah. So you got the chisel machine stock and these are OEM stocks. Um, I have one somewhere, but not right over here. Uh, form rifle stocks out of the UK make absolutely gorgeous walnut and laminate furniture mm -hmm. that has an adjustable cheek piece. The downside to that, um, is the volatility of the exchange rate. So they're very expensive just to begin with. And then, you know, depending on when you buy it, you might end up paying out the ass because of the exchange rate of the dollar versus the British pound. So, yeah. Um, What's the one you got the, on the bottom down there? This one? Yeah. So this is an SBR that we're working on. Let's mm -hmm. see. 
So uh, this is based off of Henry and 357, and this is the uh, the SBR style that we that we pioneered here. And so we tuck the barrel in at 11 inches. We use a Silencer Co. Osprey. You can use a uh, Osprey 9 or Osprey 45. Uh, it doesn't matter. The 45 is a little bit longer. Obviously, a bigger uh, bore cap on there, a bore opening. We use the Midwest handguard that we relieve, so that. Uh, you can fit that on here. Uh, some people complain that, well, now you can't take off the suppressor with, uh, without removing the handguard. Okay. That's, I don't care. Like of, that's, that's part yeah, of it. That's part of it. Like <laughs> get it's part of doing business. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's just how we do it. Um, if you want to do a different type of suppressor or have it so that you can remove it, we can do that too. Get a round one or um, something. Yeah. Yeah. We've done them with a, uh, like a tri-lug. Um, so that you can easily like take them on and off. Obviously, not an Osprey like this, but yeah. um, more so. so I was interested, yeah, in that stock that you yeah. got there. So this is the chisel machine stock. Um, they don't currently make a straight grip. So when we talk about pistol grips and straight grips, this is a straight grip, right? Where the levers right here and all that. Uh, these are all pistol grip. Now, uh, chisel does not yet make a straight grip. So this customer didn't want to wait, so I modified this. So you made it all the straight. aluminum. <laughs> yeah, it, it was this, um, and that was one of those things. I was like, "This won't be so bad," and I should have used a bill. That that was a lot of handwork. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's what this is. So this is just it's this same stock. Oh, okay. So it'll have the it'll have the cheek piece on here. So it has an adjustable cheek riser. Yeah. It also has the. Uh, the butt pad can be moved uh, vertically, uh, up yeah. and down. So, so if I'm, that, that's all. You know, if I'm modernizing this and I'm tacking it out, I'm bushing it out. You know, I'm I'm gonna want a cool butt stock. You know, kind of like, kind of like that too. Now, are there are there people making adjustable? You know, like an AR style butt stock for these. I hope not. Um. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, Mossberg, Mossberg makes their four six four. Nobody makes an adjustable one for the Marlins or Henrys that I know of. Um, uh-huh. You know, as much as people like to call me Bubba, even I have limits. Um, <laughs> I, like I have I no Troy limits. When, I have no shame. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I told Troy when we far, first started uh, working together, I was like, I try to balance between like, you know, the the high end of going above and beyond where people will want something and then the Mossberg 464 uh, mm-hmm. especially the zombie model so <laughs> the and how long have they come on. have have they had theirs out would you say oh jesus you know? i don't know i don't know um what's funny is the Mossberg factory is literally across the street from the old marlin factory in north haven connecticut um yeah which is right next to a school which is wild um but uh yeah, I don't know. I have one because uh, a customer brought it in years ago and then suddenly passed away uh, with no family. So I have one in the shop. Yeah. Uh, but here's a question from Casey Loftus. Yeah. Uh, he says, Pete, turn me onto your rifles. You know Casey, right, Pete? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think you probably yeah, heard about it. He's one him. of my elite members. Yeah, he was. Probably heard it on that episode we did. Uh, yep. He says, "Do I need?" Basically, he says, "Do I need? Do I have to send you the rifle?" Uh, 
or can I order the package from you and do it myself? Um, you have to send me the rifle. So if you want to do it yourself, you're you're welcome to like go and buy some of the products that are out there, like the Midwest Handguard. Like plenty of people put those on on their own. The Midwest Handguards are on a Marlin. It is easy to do. Um, on a Henry, it's more challenging. Um, I'm going to be doing some install videos for, uh, for Troy on how to do those that they'll have on their website so that you can kind of follow along as I do it. I'll show you how to do it. Um, but, uh, besides that, I mean, you know, putting the trigger in, uh, if you have the skills, go for it. Yeah, but you're like, not going to send them the stuff. You're not going to send them the part. They can order no, them separate no. on their own and. Yeah, no, no, gotcha. I don't. I don't gotcha. do any kind of retail sales. Yeah, yeah, Casey, you got you got to realize that. Um, sure, I can send you some primers, some cases, and some and some bullets and stuff. But um, you know, is it going to be defiant munitions ammunition? No, it's not. Um, uh, Steve is a skilled gunsmith that has been doing this for a very long time, and it's not it's not a Lego set. Yeah. Um, so quit being cheap and send your <laughs> shit to Steve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Pe- I like that. Stop being poor. Um, the, the one thing I'll say is that when it comes to these guns, like I was saying, they're very inconsistent, right? <laughs> I never know whether a gun is going to take me like four hours to do. I mean, and that's, a, it's never four hours. It's more, but, or it's going to take me like 20 hours because some weird fucking problem is going to pop up that, I've right. not yet seen or whatever. Like, there's, it, it's one of those things. They're just so inconsistent. You never know. So, when you do build your own guns, it's no different than building an AR in a sense. Like, if you get that gas tube or a gas block misaligned, you're mm. going to be chasing for the answer, right? Or if you need to go out and buy a special tool to do something, like I make a lot of my own tools. Like I made a tool specifically to remove the. Uh, the front handguard tenon on a uh, on a Henry so that I don't mar it. Like it depends how much time you want to invest in something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, Troy, Steve, me, I mean, we've dedicated our, our life, um, to, to doing this. Um, so it's, it, it comes with great skill to be able to produce things like this and, and things just don't happen overnight. I know like a lot of people think like I snap my hands and I have thousands of rounds of ammo or, you know, you know, Troy stuff. Like people don't really understand the actual craftsmanship that goes into this stuff. And it, and it just doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. But that, that said, I mean, again, if you want to put a handguard on, like you want to go buy a Midwest Marlin handguard or Henry handguard and put it on, go for it. Right. Do it. That's something yeah, that absolutely. I think is a, you know, Buy that stuff up. The more stuff out there, the better for everybody. Yeah. Because what I do yep. seem to get sometimes is, and I get more and more these days, is I get a gun that comes in, and it already kind of looks like a thumper, um, but because they put a handguard on it or they put a, an excess rail on the top, you know, they might have put a stock on. But they're like, yeah, I want you to, like, finish it. I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> you could have just saved yourself some trouble. I would have done it all. But yeah, uh, that's fine, too. So Probably bottom line is send it, send your gun to him and, and get it done. <laughs> All right, next yep. question. We got several. This uh, Nathan Shepard, Lee, Anthony, uh, Doc Dow, basically 
you know, what's your favorite brand of lever action gun and which, what's your favorite caliber? What's your preferred caliber? So for me, I think it, I won't say that I have a favorite brand. They're, I mean, Henry's and Marlins, they both, I like working on Marlins more. Yeah. I'll say that. What about a model, a certain Um, model number? 1895s. I've never been a huge fan of 3030. Just like, I don't know. I have AKs that can shoot like you know, that kind of round. Like I'm, I'm good with that. I I prefer the uh, the 4570. I like it. It's fun, um, unless I'm testing my muzzle brakes, in which case it's just an utterly miserable day. Um, my absolute favorites though are the uh, the Henry SBRs or the Marlin 1894s uh, in 38357. Because when you shoot those things suppressed, I mean, it's just stupid. It's so much fun. They're, smooth, they're quiet. like Hollywood quiet. Yeah. yeah, smooth, quiet. You get six to eight rounds depending on how many are in there. It's just a lot of fun. So like 158 grain 38s, they're subsonic. They're they're awesome. It's just yeah. fun. Yeah. It's awesome. What about you, Troy? As far as brand goes, I really I've got more I've got more um, Marlins than I do Henry's as far as the ones I use. Um, the X models now, I'm putting a little more trigger time in with them, and I think they're cool. I like them. Um, I'm not going to really pick a favorite. Caliber-wise, I would say 4570. I Just for the simple fact is I haven't played around with pistol calibers mm-hmm. as much as I have the 4570 stuff. I'm actually kind of looking forward to getting a 3030 Henry. Um, I talked to Pete about that, as you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Just to put some trigger to play around yeah. with it and, and put a suppressor on it and actually bring it out a little bit and see what it's about because it'd be a great gun in the Midwest here for deer hunting. I mean, you really don't need oh, much yeah. more than 30 to knock a whitetail down. And if you got a gun that's really tricked out with a suppressor on and everything and have Steve do a job on it and chop it to 16.1, it'd be a pretty rowdy little girl, you know? So. I don't know. Yeah. I kind of like. Um, I just have more experience with the forty-five seventy guns. So, yeah, and, and for that type, that type gun and the utility, you know, like you say, for a brush gun, that caliber, yeah, you know, it's going to take down pretty much anything you need to take down. Yeah, North America. I don't think anything will stand up to forty-five seventy. I think it could take anything down. Yeah. So, yep. always get it with. So. Let's see. Let's go to uh, let's go to Mad Pig Customs where you did the post. Sure. And uh, let's pick a question from there. Let's see. <laughs> Joseph Erlerp Erlerp Erlerp. Just curious, what color and code Cerakote, Assuming that's what it is, is on the receiver and barrel. Looks incredible. I guess that's the the picture that I posted. Oh, that's uh, I think that's the Midwest Industries gun. I think that's Troy's gun. Um, that yeah. one we did Patriot Brown. Yeah, that's if that's it. That's my personal gun that I just had done from Steve. Yeah, yeah, I think we did that one in Patriot Brown. That came out really yep. nice. Yeah, that sound that that I remember seeing it. That that thing's awesome. Yeah, I was kind of hesitant at first. Troy will tell you. I was like, I don't know about <laughs> Brown, like. He's like, no, it'll be good. I was yeah. like, all right, we'll try it. 
If it sucks, yeah. I'll tell you. <laughs> it's, it's your gun, bud. <laughs> it's good looking, definitely. And it came out real nice. Yeah, yeah. indeed. <laughs> I just have them do it again in a different color once the worst that can happen, right? Exactly, so. yeah. <laughs> so this is from Pete's post that he did at uh, Defiant Munitions. It says, will the Midwest extended sight rail fit a Henry X Series 3030? Those are basically the next product in development. So I have a Henry X coming from Henry in 3030, and I have all the data I think I need for testing. We're going to go out and test it. If it works the way we think it's going to, we'll go into uh, – uh, We'll get it in the queue and go into production on it. But all the X mod, all the all the site systems, we put them through a whole bunch of testing, like I was talking about earlier, to make sure that they work with all the different velocities of ammunition. So we take each model and couple calibers um, and break them down and do a lot of testing on it, so we don't have any issues. So, but that's next. Okay. Uh, runaway deery or deer. When the heck are we gonna see CSBLs? What what's that? So a CSBL is so a CSBL Ruger. is a Marlin eighteen ninety four. Yeah, call Ruger, call Marlin and ask him. Uh, I can I can say this. I know they are working on them. Um, <laughs> and that's that's the extent that I'm gonna comment on. They are working on them. I I will. I'll go one step further. Um, Ruger is taking the time to do things right. And I respect the hell out of him for that. Um, making sure that the guns that are going out, they paid attention to what happened with Remington. And they don't want to make those same mistakes. Um, so things might be a little slower going than any of us, myself included, would like. Uh but I think we're going to see a much better product in the end. And so far, we definitely are seeing a much, much better product. Okay. So, yeah. But 1894, is there. they're working on them when they're going to come out. I couldn't tell you. We've got a couple of questions here. Um, AKM Archer. And let's see, there was another one for that 54. Somebody, I don't know, I can't find it right now. Here it is. Uh, Arms of Acadia. When are we getting a 54R lever gun? That would be ridiculous <laughs> and awesome. What are your thoughts on modernized I mean, lever guns? I mean, they made one. What was it, the Remington? Um, it was the... Uh... Winchester 1895? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a 54R, uh, 7.62 by 54R. Yeah, 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 that's the one. Yeah, so... Uh, Henry from uh, Nine Hole Reviews is always on my ass. He's like, you should build a thumper out of one of those. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> People hate me off already. <laughs> you want me to do that? Like, <laughs> they should I mean, call, Henry, call Henry to do the BLR with that detachable mag on the bottom. Do that also, one in a 54R. Yeah. So it has a detachable magazine. Uh, yeah, the, the BLR. Henry Long Ranger. Yep, because that's, that's basically a version of the old Browning BLR. Yeah, and those are cool guns, man. They they are like I, they've been doing a big push on those because they just did uh, what was it? I think they released one in five five six, and uh, it comes with a factory threaded barrel. I mean that's a that's a cool camping gun, you know. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. And it looks like because um, somebody was asking when is Winchester going to re-release the 1895. Uh, it looks like they've done it for 2022 in a 30-06. Really? Mm. Cool. Yeah. Mm. According to AK, AKM Archer there. so Okay. Uh, were there any more questions that you guys had on your, your pages or your posts that you wanted to... Yep. I think that's uh, you, you got that's mine. I'm looking for right now. Um, okay. Yeah, you got mine. Let's see. Oh, so somebody asked about the uh, 350 Legend. I actually get questions about that a lot. Like, um, so we don't do caliber conversions. Um, back when they were doing gunsmithing, uh, Ranger Point Precision was doing caliber conversions for like short throw, uh, 10 millimeter rimmed cartridges, nine millimeter. Um, I, I don't know. That's the kind of thing that I think would be really cool for a company like Ruger to do. Um, I'm not speaking for them. I'm not saying they're doing that cause I have no idea. I don't think they are, Yeah. but I think judging by, I think Ruger has a lot of opportunity. And what I mean by that is they've got, if you look at the things they've done in the past few years, like say the 1022 line, you know, or the PC nine, we got takedowns, right? Well, you can make takedown uh, lever action rifles. Uh, yep. Wild West Guns make some really nice takedowns. Lee Hadaway from the arms room in Colorado mm-hmm. does incredibly gorgeous takedowns. Um, Marlin and uh, both of those companies make a takedown, I think, right? No, they don't. No, they don't have factory takedown. And that's what I'm hoping I to see. Swore is, I saw it, that on their website. No, no. So, um, I mean, a number of people have made maybe it's Winchester takedown conversions. Yeah. So I think uh, maybe Rossi came out with a takedown recently, or Chiapa, or one of them. Um, but anyways, uh, I think it'd be really cool to see takedowns uh, from like from the Mayadan factory. You know, I'd love to see that. <laughs> and I have voiced that to the folks at Ruger. Like, hey, do this, please. I want to see it. Um, they got enough stuff to worry about right now, but down the line, I'm hoping that they'll open the line up more the way that Ruger has done with some of their other product lines. Very cool. All right. Uh, I think that does it for the questions. Uh, and the person who asked that about the 350 Legend was Brick and Cart. Yeah, I get uh, people asking me when I'm when I'm gonna do 350 legend ammo all the time, and I'm like, I can't even do 3030. Like, <laughs> nothing's happening until I do 38 357 3030. I'm not going anywhere else. I can't even do those. It's funny, is 350 legends the only ammo I ever see at like Walmart? It's exactly. The only ammo on the shelf. No, same. There might be a reason. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like there's a shortage of that. No. And then one more one more question here. BCM three fifty. He wants to know about what can they expect on turn on turn time if they send you. Uh, sure. Again. Um, so I quote six to nine months on my website. Um, so that's that is my quoted turnaround time. Uh, we've been working our asses off to try to get that brought down. Um, so people to talk briefly about that. Um, people say, okay, well, how about like, you know, I'll take a number and then you call me when I'm like, no, 
don't work like that because like <laughs> I do guns in batches, right? So frankly, this gun may sit like this for like a month while I take the time building other guns to get to this one and this is ready to go now where I can then just build it. Um you know, everybody has a different process when it comes to custom guns and gunsmiths. Um that's just mine. Uh again, I do this as a as a side gig and I it takes way more time <laughs> than I should probably spend on it uh and that's still not enough. Somebody so, uh, said we do our best. Somebody had a post on here that says uh Toe Rag 77. Do you know who that is? It says uh, Toe Rag. It says Mad toe Pig rag. Customs works at my local uh store Delta Arsenal. Okay. Is that the make great stuff. I have been a customer. Does it mean they have their stuff there or are you or are you actually working? No, so No, uh Branford. So my old shop, uh, I had a standalone shop that was in Brantford, Connecticut. I got you. And then I ended up moving uh, <clears throat> Delta Arsenal, which is a gun store and gun range here in Connecticut. Has this? It's this really cool old uh, factory. It's this four-story brick building. It's got towers and shit. It's, it's I cool. Got you. I got you. They've got they've got four indoor ranges there. It's a pretty big thing. So they, I rent space from them. Uh, to have my shop inside shop. there. Okay, gotcha. And yeah, my right. shop is physically located. That's what he was talking Arsenal, about. But, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, oh. I have my own FFL, all that stuff. So, cool. All right, let's pick some winners here for uh, for a giveaway. So, let's do the uh, the Midwest Industry swag package first. Uh, Troy, how many questions you got? How many questions were there? How many questions were there? Oh, in yeah. total. What what's on your mind? <laughs> what do you? <laughs> yeah. Well, get addresses from everybody, and we'll send everybody a hat and some swag. For real? You want to do that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Why not? Let's do it. All right. There you go. So everybody's question that we read, you win a Midwest Industries swag package. That's awesome. So just the questions that we read, and I know who you are. So don't. Don't fuck with me. Talkinglead at gmail.com. Shoot me an email. I'm going to get inundated with emails here. Uh, shoot me an email, talkinglead at gmail.com, and I will forward those on to to Troy, and he will hook you up with some sort of cool Midwest industry uh, swag. So I'm just not going to go through here and read all the names. But Facebook and Instagram, and if you did it on mine or if you did it on Pete's or if you did it on Steve's. Um, that's awesome, dude. Thank you. That's that's cool. I'm going to send you my address, too. Cool. <laughs> I'm going to sneak my address in there, too. Uh, there you go. Pete, what about you for the ammo? Uh, a, what's pick, that? Pick a couple of... Oh, pick, pick yep. a winner? Well, it's not going to be Casey. <laughs> he won um, last time. Yeah, I think, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Let's do uh, this... Uh, one off of me. Um, sure. Pick yeah. Pick one off your Instagram page if you want to. I uh, I don't know who this is, but it, it doesn't really matter. Just, just uh, read their Instagram name. Instagram name, not real name. Uh, it's GKK five seven eight. 
Okay. GKK578, you have won a box yep. of whatever they have in stock. Tell us your preference on ammo, and and uh, Pete will send you a box of... It could be 9 millimeter or anything, right? 223? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm not going to give him a box of 338 Lapua Mag or something. No, but, no, yeah. no. <laughs> you know, I... Uh, be reasonable, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, 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 no problem, so... Okay. Cool. Or or the uh the no thirty thirty because you don't have that so it can't be thirty thirty but the yeah right right um and I don't know uh maybe Steve can pick one off of that he knows never tried the ammo and we can get him a box of forty five seventy ammo I, I whatever it doesn't matter okay so Steven pick maybe 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 there's a customer he knows that hasn't tried my ammo yet you know um sure. <laughs> uh yeah yeah we'll figure that out okay um yeah yeah pete we'll we'll get offline and we'll figure that out i i can think of a few good good candidates for that all right um steve how about for your swag pack that you got so you got one or two what do you got i think i got i got three right here okay um so we'll do uh bmc 350 Okay. Uh, he asked me about uh, which brand model lever gun would I recommend, um, and the, he was the turnaround service guy. Uh, also, to answer the first part of that question, really any Marlin model of the 1895, 336, or 1894, I can turn into some semblance of this thumper. Um, so I can convert straight grip to pistol grip, pistol grip to straight grip, vice versa. Um, the difference will could just be in cost because of having to source different parts um okay but the the best candidates i would say are the sbl series the dark series from marlin or the uh i really like uh, the guide gun series the trappers or the uh the uh gbls and then the henry the x series or any of the side loading gate model series very good. So, uh, those are the those are the models I can start with, and that's all on my website too. I, I kind of articulate that on my website. Um, so that one, and then uh, let's pick one from Facebook here. Let's reward a Facebook person. Oh, Facebook. Okay, let's see. Yeah, uh, I didn't. I didn't get any on Facebook. I don't think. I don't know if I go to I my have, go I to my Facebook. <clears throat> Nathan Shepard, John Resendez. E.J. Bogner, Lee Anthony, Brett Bedal. Let me look here. And they all had pretty good questions. Uh, John R- Resendez, four, 4570 or 3030 for an all-around good bush gun or brush gun. Yeah, sure. I think um, 4570 probably. <clears throat> for a brush gun, I'd say, yeah. Because like, if it's a brush gun, I don't know what's going to pop out at me, so I'd rather have something that's bigger. Yeah. Um, bigger, like you said, the thirty thirty. I mean, you can take your AK for that. Yeah. Um, Depends what yeah. you're hunting too. Forty five seventy hard. Be rough on That's a bird, true. wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gone. Fantastic for. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, and then, uh, all right, so we got two more. Uh, here, I'll pick one from Facebook, and then you just stay on Instagram and pick your pick pick the third one. So, 
on that works. Facebook. Let's go with uh, John Rezendez, R-E-Z-E-N-D-E-S. Uh, okay. John, email me, talkingletgmail.com. Tell me what you won, uh, what your episode and all that. So it's uh, you, you want a swag pack from Mad Pig Customs. <laughs> and the cat's not available for sale. Yeah, no, the, the, the cat is not available. That is, <laughs> she stays. Um, all right, then our Brent final winner Badau. here. Yeah, Brent Badau. He asked about uh, tuning the lever with drop-in parts and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, that Brent. was a great question. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. Very good cool. listener yeah. there, too. Brent Badal, long-time listener, supporter of the show. Yeah, Congratulations on the Mad Pig Customs swag pack win. Email me. You guys know you have to email me. I do not contact winners. That's part of it. If you oh. if you don't listen to the show, you don't get you your prize. Yeah, exactly. That's how it works. That's how it works. And they our listeners know that, and they're good about it. So Appreciate everybody that sent your questions in. Uh, if, if you have other questions we didn't cover, maybe something that you wanted us to cover, shoot me an email, talkingletgmail.com. Uh, and if it's a question for Troy or Pete or Steve, I'll forward it on to them and uh, make sure you get the proper answer for your question. Um, but let's do that right now. So, uh, Troy, if people want to get in touch with you or find out what's going on latest and greatest with Midwest Industries, give your, your website and your socials and all that and what – what new you got going on? Uh, Instagram is Midwest Industries Inc. I believe. Um, websites MidwestIndustriesInc.com. Um, just contact us there. Um, I don't usually at this point do my personal email too much. No offense. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Turn them from the time I get up to the time I go to bed. Anyway, um, but somebody here will get a hold of you, and we'll make sure you get the answers you need. Very good. And what's the latest and greatest coming out from Midwest Industries? Um, can't really can't really say what direction we're going in. We're trying to do some releases this year. We've got some other platforms besides levers we're working on. Uh-huh. Um, AKs. But we're going to continue. Yeah, there's some there's some Comblock stuff coming out at the end of this year for next year. All right. But. Uh, yeah, I really don't like really don't like divulging too much because we're still in the testing phase, so I, I don't you. want people I blowing up and yeah. bugging the app. A lot of us they will. Yeah. On ones that I've well, learned my lesson with that. So, <laughs> well, but we always stuff. Midwest did just release these the full length handguards and extended sights for the Henry and Marlin, so those are out and available now. Oh, nice! So awesome. So that, that is a that is a fairly new release from them. It's a game changer. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, if that. you're looking to put like if you want to put like a laser or something out on your on your lever gun, which uh, people will you know will roast about that, and that's fine. But there is a purpose to it. Um, this is the solution to that problem set. There you go, Pete. Yep. Defiant Munitions. You, what's the yeah. since last time you were on? What uh, what new and exciting going on with you guys? <sighs> Man, we're just trying to crank out as much ammo. Um, we just dropped uh, range ammo again in nine and two two three. We're doing it in uh, two twenty three ammo cans now. Um, so my idea, my idea was we got ammo cans. There's well, they're not like regular ammo cans or the these like black heavy duty plastic ammo cans. 
Um, you know, so we're doing them in two, two, three, we're doing them in, um, 240 round cans and 510 round cans. Um, do the math on it and you'll figure out why we did those oddball numbers. Um, and then, um, yeah, and we do it in nine millimeter too. So we're taking the packaging out. We're taking the tray out. So I'm trying to bring range ammo to, to market as cheaply as possible and still holding that defiant quality. Um, you know, and we're, we're working on 458 SOCOM 4570, you know, as much as we can, but you guys can check me out at defiantmunitions.com. Um, and, uh, let's see on the Instagrams uh, in, at defiant munitions. Yep. Yep. I'm on Insta, all that. Uh, I got kicked off of, uh, uh one of them what's that one called uh facebook uh no i got kicked off of tiktok forever so i'm oh. foreverly banned in tiktok um <laughs> you were so proud yeah. of tiktok too <laughs> i know, <laughs> I, know. Like, I, I started a tiktok <laughs> yeah until i put my 14 year old son shooting a full auto ak on it and they're like yeah um so yeah Communist. um Communist yeah, bastards. Yeah, those bastards. Anyways, and then you can always um, uh, check out Pete here on the Talking Lead podcast. We have him on uh, quite frequently, especially on the AK Corner, uh, which uh, make sure you guys go back and listen to the last one because we are giving away that primary arms red dot. Go listen to the end of that episode to find out the instructions on how to win that $350 or so red dot. Um from primary arms thanks to ken ross ken ross is the boss uh for for putting that up and then steven talk about mad pig customs uh, give all your sites and everything that's sure. going on with you guys and if you've got some future uh, projects coming up uh so we're at mad pig customs on instagram uh facebook we're mad pig customs and uh my website is www.madpigcustoms.com um Stuff coming up is, uh, I don't want to say I'm a one-trick pony, but <laughs> I'm just trying to get as much work done as we can. Um, so your your new company, your growing company, uh, I, you know, I only see yeah. more innovation coming from you guys as you get more into it. You get more hands-on on these, there's going to be ideas pop as you and Troy, uh, you know, sit and talk and drink yeah. the whiskey, you know. The, the yeah. best, the next best answer comes at the next bottle of the empty bottle of whiskey. <laughs> yeah, right. That's what my yeah, old professor um, used I, to say. I, I think the next thing you're going to see is I'm trying to do more video content. Okay. So, um, YouTube. Yeah. I I do actually. Yeah, that's right. I have a YouTube channel now. <laughs> there you go. Talk about that. So, uh, <laughs> I have a YouTube channel. There's like three videos. There's not a whole lot on there, but. Uh, I'm going to try to continue to do some little like tricks and tips on like, Hey, here's some little things that'll make your life easier. Yeah. Uh, if you're working on your own lever gun or just talking about stuff, well, so. send me one and I'll make some videos for you. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I just subscribed to it. I didn't know you did. Steve, to YouTube? So I am now a subscriber. Yeah. So oh, all you, that makes six <laughs> listeners go show our guests the, the support and go subscribe to their YouTubes, go subscribe to their, uh, social meds, visit their websites. And, you know, the best thing you do is, is support them is buy their products. Um, and this is something that all of you need and can use. So, um, do it, go visit, go visit their sites. And then of course our sponsors that make this show possible, mission first tactical, go to missionfirsttactical.com. Use the code leadhead. You're going to get 20% off anything at mission first tactical 
As you can see there, they do uh, a lot of accessories for black rifles, for AR-15s, uh, AR-10s. They do magazines, 30-round magazines. And you can get custom logos or engravings put on your magazines. They do holsters. You can get custom holsters done with cool stuff, all kinds of different uh, calibers uh, of guns there. And, of course, our famous Pete dump trays that they do so for you gunsmithers this would be great for you uh troy and steven i know pete's got some of these uh, also uh, when you're working on your guns these make good little parts trays for when you're cleaning your guns or working on it so you don't lose your your stuff and you can get custom crap printed on there too i say crap uh you know <laughs> anything basically anything they can print on these things awesome um, so very cool. Go check out Mission First Tactical. Use that code Leadhead. Get twenty percent off anything there. Jeez. <laughs> there went my my lever gun. Just knocked my power off. Uh, so, Keltec weapons. You go to Keltec and they use the code Leadhead there in their pro shop. You're going to get fifteen percent off anything at Keltec. Their hats, their shirts, not their guns. You can't get discounts on their their firearms. Uh, they've got cool flashlights. Uh, there that you can you can get to uh so go check out cool. Keltec weapons chad was on uh an episode we had a while back they've been providing some some firearms to ukraine to the city to the citizens there they're sub 2000s are you guys familiar with the Keltec sub 2000 it's one of my oh, yeah. favorite pack guns uh mm-hmm. so they sent a big shipment over there we had chad on to talk about that we had butch whiting with cryptech uh, they've been doing some things too. And we had Kevin Holland who works for Cryptech and Kevin Holland is a former Navy SEAL and Delta Force. He's the only American to serve on both of those special forces teams. We had Kevin on that episode. So go back, check that episode out. Really interesting to hear uh, Kevin talk about some uh, c- uh, civilian extractions that they were doing over there in, U- in Ukraine. Uh, pretty cool. cool stuff there. Uh, and then uh f- uh, Occam Defense Solutions, our good buddy Brian over at Occam. Uh, go show them some love. Don't have a discount code for them at the at the moment. Uh, but he, from time to time, hooks you guys up. 1776 United, you get our awesome Talking Lead official T-shirts, patches, Leadhead Brigade uh, patches. We got patches with that logo on there. You go to 1776 United, use the code Talking Lead. You're going to get 20% off there. Uh, and then, of course, at Pete's Defiance Munitions, you use the code LEADHEAD, all caps. And you want to get some of that awesome ammo we've been talking about, you get 10% off at uh, Defiant Munitions. Use the code LEADHEAD, all caps, uh, to get a discount there. And for all your gun cleaning needs, hit up SEAL1, SEAL1.com, and use the code LEADHEAD to get a big fat 25% off seal one clean lube protect great for corrosion resistance and protection for your firearms also check out seal one Uh, all kinds of other discount codes we've got with some of our uh, friends of the show and partners Uh, listen to other shows to get those i know you guys have got to go but i really appreciate you taking the time to be on and i look forward to having you on uh, future episodes especially you troy I i would love to get you on the ak corner and let's talk about talk about some things that you guys have have been doing for the the AK market. We'd love to do that with you. 
Very hey, cool. um, um, if you don't mind, I got one more thing because Jared will decapitate me if I do not mention it. Yeah. Um, the last two times I've been on, I forgot to mention this, and he is super pissed, and I don't think I'm going to get away with it okay. a third time. So um, I'm trying to pull the dates real quick, but here we go. So in South Dakota, if anybody that listens wants to come train with me, we do a lot of training every year. Um, we're yeah. doing uh, we're doing July July 15th and the 17th with Haley Strategic Partners. Uh, their Clash D5, um, and then we're doing uh, July 12th and 14th. We're doing the Carbine D5. Um, dude, you guys come. Uh, yeah, it's uh. They're awesome classes. I mean, it's Haley's strategic partner for crying out loud. If you don't know who these these guys are, then I don't We've know. We've had what to them. Tell you, but. We've had them on the show. Our listeners are familiar yeah. with. Of course, Jared Seagraves. Uh, yep, that's who I'm talking about. Jared's get, Jared's getting starting to get a little pushy. I was like, I ain't gonna get away with this a third time. <laughs> so, well, you um, tell him he's to come back on the show and talk about it himself, sucker. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, and you know what? If you want to come train for six days straight. Let's do uh, let's do both classes back to back the 12th through the 17th. You don't, we would uh, don't burn mind some having a house up. guest for six. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, Leadheads. That does it for another episode of the Talking Lead Podcast. Go and show everybody the love that they deserve. And until the next episode, as always, keep your loved ones close and your firearms close and your firearms closer. <laughs>